Hey Val. Hi Fernanda. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> End of June almost. Yeah, can't believe it. Yeah. Six months gone. Time How was your weekend? Crazy fast. It was good. It was good. It was very relaxing. Nice. We we went out a lot. We went to the beach. Um, I mean, rela as relaxing as a weekend with three-year-olds can be, <laughs> right? Yes. How about yours? Uh, it was good. I have uh, still contractors at home, uh, so dealing with that a bit. Um, I'm trying to play it all cool. Um, you know, they, they're good, actually. I'm very lucky. So um, just doing a lot of work around the house. And, uh, yeah, so dates are a little bit off from what I was planning. So uh, I was... I wanted to go to the beach a bit for a couple of days, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Do you live uh, by the beach? Uh, no, it's like two hours away. Oh. It's not that far. We usually go like a couple of times yeah, during the summer, just, you know, take off for a day or two. We never go on vacation for like longer than five days. We go and come back and then try to do like smaller ones. Um, quick ones in different places rather than stay like for a long period of time at one place because we get bored and it's hard to entertain two young kids. So my son is nine and a half and my daughter is four and a half. So different, oh, wow. different wants. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It gets tiring sometimes, but they're cool. So yeah, we, that's how our vacations usually are. But, uh, so yeah. you didn't work at all for like the weekend? You didn't do any, you didn't do any work? I didn't work at all, nice. no. which is which is really weird for me because I have this thing where I feel like if I don't do work for more than like a day, I lose momentum hmm. and I really hate to lose momentum. Uh, it makes it really hard to get back up and running on Monday. Um, but this weekend was just it was so sunny out and it was so beautiful and the kids were just so excited to be with their parents you know and nice. um i really yeah. just didn't touch a computer this whole weekend and it was it was it was good but today it's been an uphill battle to get back <laughs> yeah to to the to the grind so yeah yeah i noticed some tweets people saying you know like oh, it's so hard to come back after the weekend trying to get things started um what's been helping me recently and this is not by choice honestly like i i go to the gym quite early like around 6 a.m and i wish i didn't but that's the only time i can do it if i don't do it at 6 a.m like i can't it's not gonna happen during the day so that wakes me up <laughs> you know i come back from the gym take a nice not a cold shower but kind of cool cool shower and then you know i'm ready to go so it's it's not by choice you know by any means it's just the way it happens and it's working out so far oh, so, i don't know i mean i, I yeah. would challenge that i would challenge that and say that is by choice that's very much a choice mm, I mean, yeah maybe you know maybe, maybe. getting up at 6 a.m you know yeah setting your alarm and physically getting up is most definitely a choice i mean good for you yeah no thanks i actually don't have an alarm at all it's i've oh. always woken up early uh it's yeah I, I sometimes i find myself like wanting to sleep especially on weekends and here I am, like, eyes wide open at 6. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I want to sleep. And I can't. So, yeah. Oh, um, I'm I the should, complete yeah. opposite. I'm the complete yeah. opposite. I sleep I sleep for, like, 
10 to 11 hours a day. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I mean, I have to. I absolutely have to. Like, if yeah. I don't sleep for that long, I am just miserable throughout mm-hmm, the day. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just like, my body just needs that much sleep. And it took me forever to figure out that mm-hmm. my body needs that much sleep. But once I did figure that out, it's like my life completely changed for the better. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I do things very differently than most people. Like I was saying, like I have to work on two projects at a time and like right. I don't plan and things like that. And like this is one of those things that people hear me say that I sleep for 10 to 11 hours a day. Wow, that's and so good. How did you come across that? Like did it just from sleeping a lot, you notice that you're functioning better? Yeah, I mean, my sleep used to be all over the place and just very irregular, you know, Mm -hmm. like through college. And I mean, I used to work in my in my thread that I that I put up the other day. I I said that I I worked until 2 a.m. every day in college and I would wake up at like eight, you know, and um, I mean, I was just miserable every day. You know, my body was just tired and it was Mm -hmm. just like it was hard to get anything done. And um and then like even after college when i was working um at the lab when i was like in my 20s you know you know mm-hmm. how your 20s are yeah. you know you're all over the place and um i would stay up really late and wake up mm-hmm. sometimes i would wake up late but sometimes i would wake up early and um it just wasn't very regular sleep and i was just like always tired always tired never fully functional like mm-hmm, never mm-hmm. really thriving you know and then finally, I was I kind of got a little bit older and um, stopped the partying and stopped the right. you know the the uh, kind of crazy life and just started got married and started just going to bed a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, waking up a little bit later and realized that oh my god this makes like all the difference to my day. Yeah, yeah. I should have slept more in my twenties, but I yeah, mean, exactly. You can't do that, like. <laughs> There's so much peer pressure going on, you know, like, especially when you're in college, it's like, you know, you're getting pulled on in every side from like jobs and school and people. And it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, that's how mine was as well. Just, you know, going up. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how but my I, body I definitely, that back then. Yeah. Or, I, I envy people like you who wake up early, really, really do. Because like, I feel like I, so much of my day. I mean, it's like a double-edged sword because like mm-hmm. for on one side, I feel like so much of my day is wasted because I sleep so much. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, um, I do so much better when I sleep that much. Like I'm so much more mm-hmm. productive that the hours that are lost are made up for in productivity. Right. Yeah. Um. So, but I do kind of envy like I. Sometimes I wish I could be that person that wakes up at like 5 a.m. and goes to the gym and like starts her day with a protein shake, you know, yeah. like that, that <laughs> yeah, whole I like. I don't do that though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds all like very, very romantic, but I, you know, it's my gym is like 20 minutes. I come back, take a shower. My clothes are like I dress up and I'm like off to work. But yeah. to make you feel better, I, you know, I go to sleep quite early. Um, like during the week, maybe one or twice a week, I stay up to like 11 maybe. But the other days, like nine, I'm out by nine or 10. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I, I find like I don't have much to do at night, you know, like kids are sleeping. I'm tired from the day, maybe because I wake up so early and um, I'm just out. And um, yeah, that's how, but I'm definitely not one of those people that are like, oh, wake up at five and crush the day. 
I'm like, no, like there's days I don't want to go to the gym, but I just put one shoe on and the other and I take myself to the gym and hopefully I hope that it's going to be, you know, I'm going to work out decently, but definitely not like crushing it in, in any sense at all. Like, I don't know how some people do that every day. Like I, the one famous Twitter person, I can't remember their name. They were sleeping like four hours per night and that supposedly is good. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Like the science doesn't say so. Who knows? But yeah, four hours yeah. a night and then go to the gym and work nine hours and then, you know, feed the kids and take them out. And no, I can't possibly do that. I'll die like the next day. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure mm. some people can do it. I, I think some people are wired to not yeah. sleep that much, just like I'm wired to sleep a lot. I think right. there's the right. other extreme as well. But like if I were, <laughs> if I were to sleep four hours every day, yeah. I would just like be a zombie, just yep. complete zombie. I mean, yeah. I did that when my kids were I have twins and when they were, oh, you know, babies, like yeah. I slept for crap. <laughs> like it was awful and I mm -hmm. was just a zombie every single day. So I know how that goes. Yeah, but... I have family who had twins, so I kinda know like two two of my cousins have twins and like their stories are pretty much similar. So I could I kind of know. I mean, I don't know exactly like how yours was, but them having like twin babies, oh man, like they didn't sleep at all. Like, yeah, that is tough. It's all, it's all a blur. It's all <laughs> yeah, just one thing. You forget. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's going on, like product wise? What's been happening? Yeah. Um, so, I've been selling about one copy of the GPT 3 course a day. Um, okay. which has been, which I, I consider very much a success because mm -hmm. I've tweeted about it like two or three times. Um, and that's all I've done. Okay. So, um, to me, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and, uh, I've started to create like a website for, um, just GPT-3 resources Oh, cool. So I'm, yeah, I'm thinking that this, this really doesn't exist yet. You know, GPT-3 mm -hmm. is so new that like most people are still just kind of getting their feet wet and learning how to do it. And the people who do know how to do it really well are building companies with it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've gotten my feet wet and I've kind of learned all about it um, by just literally spending hundreds of hours playing around with it. Um, but I don't want to build a full company with it. I just don't. So my compromise is to build a resources website, um, just platform, right? Mm -hmm. To um, like resources, tutorials, things that will help people jumpstart their own GPT-3 uh, journey and product so that uh, they don't have to spend the hundreds of hours that I spent <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. playing around and learning it so that the, the learning curve can be a little less steep for them. So uh, that's that's what I've been working on next. So is that like collecting, searching, and just organizing things, I guess, for you now, like in the GTP3 area? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm basically putting together all of the different resources that I would want to offer. I mean, not all of them, but like to mm -hmm. start with, right? So I'll have to start with a certain number of resources or tutorials. And I'm just making a list of all of the ones, kind of researching them, um, 
part of the tutorials or the resources that I want to offer are basically prompts. So coming up with prompts and examples for GPT-3 that, that end up outputting really quality results is actually mm-hmm. a really hard task. Um, you know, and every prompt is different because it'll, it'll be specific to your desired results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking of putting together to doing my own research and putting together prompts that people can use very easily uh, should they decide to get a specific set of results. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the resources that I'm thinking about. And then I'll also have I'll also go really, really strong on SEO because since I'm one of the first people to the scene, um, SEO is going to be really important and yep. I'll be able to to get really far ahead with it because I'll be one of the first people to start with those keywords. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already ranking for my course, for my, my tutorial. I'm like number three, I oh, think, wow. on Google. So um, I, if I and I didn't do any SEO work for that. I just wow. posted it on Gumroad. Um, so if I do do SEO work, like I think I can actually come out, come out on top um, for GPT-3 resources and tutorials. So so that's how new the area is, I suppose. So I, I honestly don't know much about it. I've read some of it or things I've come across, but um, um, I guess it's, it is brand new and sort of growing. Yeah. Um, the GPT-3 technology came out last year, I want to say in like May or between May and July. It was like, I think, summer of last year. And since then, only a handful, I mean, you know, only a few people compared to the number of people who have applied for it, only a few of those people have gotten access to OpenAI mm-hmm. and have actually been able to build anything with it. So I think a lot of people who um, were interested in GPT-3 haven't gotten their hands on it yet because OpenAI hasn't given them access to the API. Oh, um, so I think as more people receive access to the API, and I think OpenAI is going to start opening up the API a little bit more, um, as more people get access to it, more and more people will become interested in the things that I'm offering. So it'll be kind of a slow a slow growth, but um, I think that once demand gets a little bit higher, I'll I'll do pretty well that's that's my hope that's like yeah and how did you get into it like not how you got the invite but sort of what um excited you about going into that field and with the product that you sold yeah so it started the the reason i actually got the invite was because i was working um at radio my startup Mm -hmm. that failed um and we had a use case for it so within radio because it was a blogging platform, we had the use case to help bloggers actually streamline their blogging process um, with the help of AI, right? So we were going to, we got access to it because we kind of pitched it that way and we were going to use GPT-3 in radio, um, if not if not right when we got it, like pretty soon after. So I started playing around with it in other scenarios um not just within radio but other scenarios as well and i had the access so i just 
played around with it and I just fell in love. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a powerful technology and you can just do so much with it. Um, and it's just something that I could build a lot on top of, you know? Um, so I kind of built what we were going to build for radio, but I built, uh, just independently and that's what I sold. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. And why why language? Uh, this is one thing I, I've been curious. Like you, you've gone from working in a lab to like doing products that deal with language. Like, how did that sort of love or how did that interest come about? Yeah, that's <laughs> it, it. Has nothing to do to work to do with the lab work that I did. Um, mm-hmm. It's more because I'm uh, I love writing, and for about three years I did freelance writing as like my way of making money on the internet that's what I did I did freelance writing I did ghost blogging um I did editing so lots of lots to do with you know language and writing um for the internet specifically so Mm -hmm. um when I started radio that was like the world that I knew already was the blogging world and mm-hmm. that naturally transitioned to GPT-3, which is a language AI. Um, so I've, I've always kind of been in that, in that realm. Yeah. Pretty cool, yeah. I, I never knew, like, why, why you got into it. But that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and you wanted to, as you were probably doing your work, you wanted something that maybe helps you do it better, faster, I guess. That's maybe like where the radio came in. Is that, am I guessing right maybe or no? Yeah, radio, um, <laughs> I I would say that radio was kind of a forced um, attempt at making blogging a little bit easier mm-hmm. for people and, and optimizing it. Um, I think that at the end of the day, part of the reason we failed was because we were not scratching our own itch. Um, We didn't really have a need for video ourselves. We just saw that other people had a need for it. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that it came from my experience with blogging. Like I knew that there was a need for it just having had the experience blogging myself, but I wasn't a blogger at the time. You Mm -hmm. know, I didn't have an active blog. So it's not like, it's not like I was like, oh, I really need this and I'm going to build it, you know, so that I can use it. Um, it was more like this theoretical need that we saw. And I would definitely not ever do that again. Um, you mean not, not uh, scratch your own itch or just language in general or that area? No, scratch, not scratch my own itch. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like I would ab- like if I ever were to to and I probably won't. But if I ever mm-hmm. were to to take on a larger startup um, again, Mm -hmm. I would absolutely do something that I would use myself. Like I would build something that I would use myself. Um, I would never just theoretically look at an industry and say, hey, it looks like bloggers need X. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to build X. I would say, hey, I'm doing this and my life would be made much easier by a product that does X. Therefore I'm going to build X. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
No, it does. Yeah. It does. I'm just sort of comparing it to what I used to think or what I think now, which is I I don't know what I think anymore about this <laughs> subject. It's just so tough sometimes. You know, I've I've scratched my own edge where I failed. I've scratched my own edge where I succeeded. Um, it's very tricky, you know, uh, to really see maybe um, if you're not using the product, see like where where that audience is going or where that market is going. If you're not directly involved somehow in it or if you don't like it somehow but then again like if you come across like a great opportunity and maybe it's not something you need but maybe you like somewhat and financially could be something that can grow that's like very tricky you know i'm not sure if i would go into it if i don't like it entirely like that would be very tough tough ask um but i like product and i've made different things for clients and i've done things that i don't use and they've come up okay good for them for the client they've been happy so then that brings me into thinking like you know like if i came across or maybe a friend came across something and they said hey you know why don't we do this app for um house insurance you know i'm like i have no idea how that works and they're like oh well i do um i have this proven blah 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 method etc validated like would you want to do it and i'd really consider it you know if it's something that's growing something that is needed but but just just by saying that like um it's it's sort of like scary like sort of i get anxiety of thinking like okay so i'll be involved with this product full time and i'm not sure i like that market you know so yeah totally yeah. totally hard to to really know and in this scenario that you just proposed your friend is the one with the domain expertise right yes yeah right so so I I can totally see jumping on board with somebody who has a domain expertise and who is the person who is like in the industry. But if I were to build something myself, like just personally myself, and, and I were to mm -hmm. be the one to lead the product, I wouldn't, you know, I would want to have that domain expertise and want to be very entrenched into that industry. But if I were to mm -hmm. just be like the the technical person... Um, I would, I could see myself relying on somebody else to have that domain expertise. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I don't know. Like sometimes like I'm thinking like, do we makers make stuff to sort of be known that we're behind it, you know, do or are we okay just grabbing onto an opportunity where we're sort of like behind the scenes and we don't deal with any outreach or nobody knows that what we're doing, you know, but we're getting paid. Like that's sort of like if I were to answer that question myself, like I don't know if I would like that. That would feel like having a job, even though money would be good at some point, like maybe an exit or whatnot. So, yeah, that's that's tricky. That would be tricky. You know, just bringing that up, like that whole scenario. Um, it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it would take a lot of I think Justin asked uh, last week on Twitter about, you know, what it takes to attract uh sort of founders, makers into them being, you know, into a full-time job. So let's say Transistor were to hire people and they want to hire a maker who's good, but maybe their product is not doing so great. And here is Transistor offering them a great uh, salary, benefits, etc. So his question was along the lines of what it would take, like how to attract those people more. That was a huge discussion. I'm not sure if you have, if you ran across it. I saw um, the original tweet. 
Yeah, but I didn't yeah. look at the discussion that unfolded afterwards. Yeah, so like for me, um, I would like to hear your thought, like what what you know what it would take for you. But for me, not besides the salary and like the freedom of taking off at any time and remotely working remotely, it would I would need to have like equity in it, so I know what I'm making at some point. Like I'm sort of benefiting that whole time that I'm spending on it, you know, not just as a job that I get paid maybe better than the money I'm making with my products. That 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 was sort of my take, you know. So yeah. Yeah, um, I think that really in order for me to go work, f like to be an employee, so there's a huge difference, right, between being like a freelancer or a contractor and an employee. Mm -hmm. um, and for me to go be an employee, like the there would be several things that I would take into account. One of them would be salary. So I would have to make enough that um i absolutely wouldn't have to worry about like my you know about anything <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and the second thing would be benefits so i think that the the best like the most important thing between being an employee and being a contractor is that an employee gets really good benefits mm -hmm. um like my wife for example works at a job right now with amazing benefits and like that's that's a huge thing for us right mm -hmm. like if she didn't i might have to get a i might have to be an employee again so that i could get the benefits like health benefits you know child care mm -hmm. benefits things like that that is awesome so, yeah so benefits is is definitely something that i would look for in an employee job um and Second and the third thing is uh, my time. So like, do I have control over my time or do I have to be present from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.? Um, if I had more, if I had control over my time, if I could show up and do the work, you know, deliver what I need to deliver in my own time, that would be a huge pull for me. Like I would, I, that, you know. I'd be I'd be into that <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because that's kind of more of like the culture of contract work where, you know, you just kind of show up and deliver what you need to deliver, but your hours are your own. Um, and it's why I like contract work so much. Um, so, yeah, those were I think those are the three things that I would look for. Mm -hmm. Equity would be nice, um, but I it's, I don't think it would be a determining factor for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, How we got to this question again? Oh, from, I, um, I think it was from uh, scratching your, in, your own itch or working on something that you maybe see an opportunity for, either through yourself or maybe somebody with domain expertise. So I think that's right. how we got to this employment. Um, right thing that we talked about last uh, last episode as well so yeah interesting stuff for sure but um yeah i was always curious i think to to track back a bit i was always curious how you got into uh radio like why etc so that makes sense a lot and uh yeah pretty cool yeah anything uh 
anything exciting going on with Blog Static this week or that happened this week? Yeah, so I did a lot of stuff. Um, I was planning to spend more time in doing the logo and the branding. And then uh, I got to a point where I did it quickly and I liked it. I was okay with it. And I just launched it. So, you know, I had to check that box and say, yeah, I'm done. I like it. It's I wanted to keep it simple, but added a splash of color just to maybe stand out a bit whenever I post a logo in a group of other products in some directory, et cetera. So just to have a little bit of its own flair. I did the website, redid it, uh, put the pricing page. I have a pricing now, by the way. <laughs> so that was that's new. Oh. I, yeah, I do. I have to start paying now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I haven't. I actually, what I did is it's up on the website, but there's nowhere to pay yet. I haven't hooked up Stripe yet, so ah, gotcha. it says the price is thirty nine per year. By the way, I went very, very. I don't want to say cheap. I went the card way. Uh, I'm going to test that out. Um, it's a consumer product. It's mostly like B two C, even though businesses can use it too to blog, et cetera. But I just want to try that out. Uh, no monthly pricing at all. It's only yearly. Uh, it's a fairly accessible, inexpensive price. Um, and then another thing, which I will announce sometimes later, but I want to talk about it in the show. I want users to be able to start multiple blogs. I don't want them to pay for like every blog they start because I know bloggers, they, they start something, they maybe write two posts, they don't want to really kill their project. They may, they might be, you know, they might pick it up sometime down the line. So I don't want them to be limited by thinking like, oh, now I have to pay again. So I think the limitation that I will add would be probably based on uh, on visits. So you have I don't know twenty sites that you're running for thirty nine dollars uh, per year, and then you have a limit of I don't know like five thousand visits per month or whatever. So that's probably how we'll limit it. And I just want to give people that, that option to start as many blogs as they want, make it easy, not complicate different levels of pricing. At least now, I want to keep it very simple. So that was that was nice to, to just put out there. Um, and I'll, I'll hook up Stripe at some point. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, improvements, a lot of features. And uh, people have been writing, again, uh, new people signing up. Uh, new people that are signing up, they're asking for things that they're using at, at their apps. So there's definitely something there. Um, I still don't want to, you know, think that I've hit a nerve entirely, but there's definitely something that uh, I've made that maybe is resonating with people or just the market of blogging is um, a big market that people are always looking to to have better tools or, you know, existing tools that have gotten too big. Uh, I heard somebody say Blockstatic reminds me of Ghost in its early days, which was really cool compliment because that makes me think like they've, you know, they've grown so much that maybe people start finding them, you know, difficult to use or it's not something they need. And again, like I, I don't want to compete uh, with anyone. Uh, I want to make a great product because uh, I've, you know, I've started thinking that, People use uh, products for different contexts. So, you know, I don't want to get into the whole thing like, oh, I'll make this better than Ghost or, or WordPress or whatever. But, yeah, so those those are the things that have happened. Um, I'm juggling between the client project, which is kind of stressful. Um, it's a film festival where I'm doing, like, uh, online, online ticketing, 
uh, in-store ticketing and merchandise e-commerce store so yeah that's kind of big and it's um taking me away for the part of the day you know from block static which i completely hate but the client is really cool and the project is interesting so i'm going to be at it for the next uh, month and a half uh, until that festival is done for for this edition so um yeah yeah that's pretty much it actually on um on my end for the product and- then after that month and a half, are you going full time on Blog Static? Uh, actually, like right now, most part of the day, I work on Blog Static first, and then I leave that as secondary. So I've made that decision, and it's really hard for me to uh, work on that project and then jump on Blog Static. So, but yes, after that is done, like I plan to go on vacation with my family, and then uh, I will be on block static only honestly like i don't have any projects lined up any client projects i'm not sure i will take any unless it's really good pay um like that's sort of like the criteria i will use for any incoming um client work like if the pay is good and i think i can do it in a time in a good time like i'll take it otherwise i don't want to take anything that takes me away from block static you know not just time-wise, but like mentally, like having something else in my mental space, like that's just, yeah, so. Yeah, but yeah, I, f- I feel that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm on your, I'm on your uh, landing page right now and I see your new logo. That looks awesome. Yeah, thanks. The, the gradient from black to purple, the, the little logo thing on the side there. Yeah. Is that... The, the- is that like an eyeball? It looks like an eyeball. Oh no! It's I took I it was a it was a circle. I love circles because they mm-hmm. fit on Twitter profile icon and all over the place. And then I took the inside the counter, as they call it in typography, <laughs> the <laughs> inside of the B, uh, that little white space, and then just took that and placed it on the side. And it's like oh. a B, like a sort of like a creative rolling B. Um, it's. I, don't, I wanted to make it different from what's out there, you know, like just not maybe have a full circle, but there's not much, you know, thought that went into it, to be honest. Um, I, I wanted to have some sort of branding that I could start, you know, contacting directories and listing block static there and just, you know, want to make the whole thing. Uh, uh, but the goal is to have the website to make the product look very established. Mm-hmm. And not just a project, like have all the links that people need, like user docs and and privacy policy, terms and conditions. And yeah. also, like I posted this thing uh, the, last week. Uh, so the servers that I have Blockstatic on, uh, they run 100% on green energy. They're, uh, they're a hosting company in Germany. Uh, they're very famous sort of in the circle of developers, like uh, their name is Hetzner. Um, and uh, that's where I host uh, Block Static, and they run on 100% green energy. And uh, I wanted to put that on the site. Um, I'm very proud of it, actually, because uh, there's, you know, like uh, that's one thing that I can s- tell people, saying, you know, it's not, it doesn't run on Amazon, and one of the big companies. It's a, it's a smallish big company that is very uh, caring about the environment, um, and uh, and also, I'm donating 1% of the revenue to fighting climate change through Stripe Climate, even though I haven't started charging yet. But once once I do, like that's 1% will go will go there. 
So yeah, it's super green at this point. I'm very proud of it. Uh, and hopefully I can keep it that way. I don't have to go into AWS or any of those things, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you think yeah. Do you think more tech savvy people might see that and like be skeptical that you have the capacity to scale maybe given the I fact that it's a smaller company? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that, that company is quite huge, just smaller that, than Amazon. Like that, that's okay. Like I, I mean, everything yeah. is smaller than Amazon. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, they've been, you know, around for ages. Uh, if I were to scale, like they can scale up easily. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't I haven't thought about that, honestly. And uh, one interesting thing that happened is that um, uh, some of the developer uh, users that had started using Blockstatic initially, like once I removed the markdown, like they have sort of disappeared and I'm not sure if they're busy. I haven't spoken to them or if it was me removing the, the markdown um, uh, support because it, it was hard running both markdown and rich text. Like that's just impossible. Uh, it's, it's possible. Just, I don't want to add like more complexity to the product. I want to keep it clean, but then it attracted some other people who are straight up looking for a blogging platform, you know, and just want to write. And um so yeah, <laughs> that was kind of interesting. I mean, the decisions you make with the product, they're gonna, you know, uh, in one way they could make you great, and the other you could, you know, you could maybe lose a crowd. Even though I don't know, I don't know for sure yet, but that's sort of what happened. Um, yeah, so. I, it depends. It really this comes down to you really understanding who your customers are. Yeah, and I think that you're still so early on in the game that you don't you know you don't have like a persona of your customers right, yeah, yet yeah, yeah. right because you just don't have enough customers to build that persona yet so the decisions that you make now for the platform for your product mm -hmm. are going to sort of determine who your customers are right it's like a it's like mm -hmm, a catch-22 mm -hmm. um you know maybe it was starting to be more developers but now that you've made this change to the more visual um, mm -hmm. editing of the text like maybe now you're going to be catering more to non-developers and maybe that's where your new audience is right and yeah it's, um yeah i think that i think that you're so early on and that it's it's okay still to make those big changes um and not in, like completely my, kill yeah. everything yeah, totally. I agree, you know, and it, it so can put you on a different trajectory, like whatever you sort of direct yourself. And what I find myself sort of wanting to happen uh, is I like developers. Uh, they're my friends. But what I think could make Blockstatic more successful down the line is catering to people who are serious about blogging and they want to make uh, they want to monetize it. And it's, you know, bloggers, uh, uh, content marketers, bloggers who are very serious about, you know, maybe having a podcast, they're active on Twitter. And usually, like, I think developers, like, are not looking for that as much. Uh, they want to just put out content that is, um, um, that is interesting to them. And what I find with that is that they might drop out at some point. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know... Uh, being too judgmental about that crowd, but you know, like I would, what I, what I think would, would I would love to for Blockstatic to happen is having those people who 
blogging is sort of their their job, like their uh, business. Like they blog every day. They write maybe about a blogger writes about food or puts out recipes as a podcast, um, or somebody writes about finance, uh, or somebody writes about housing and whatnot. Like they're like influencers in a way. I, that's what I think. I would like for it to happen if if I'm getting that right, maybe one percent of it. So that was one of the reasons, honestly, why I I had to let go Markdown because I was getting users who sort of are like that, and they were like, "Oh, how do I use this?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh mm-hmm. no, like that's not that's not gonna work," you know? Yeah. So, so you're kind of um, going for like a Substack vibe. Um, but I don't know. Is that, is that what Substack is? I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, Substack is for like serious newsletter writers okay. who want to monetize it, right? So okay. they want to monetize their newsletters. You're kind of going for monetizing blog posts. Um, how how are you envisioning monetizing it? Like monthly subscriptions or something like ads? Oh no, that's that's all. Like just a yearly subscription for now. Like no, I'm gonna make it possible for bloggers to charge. Uh, have subscriptions for their blog and have them hook up their own Stripe. And I don't want to take any commission at all. Like, I don't want to tax them for their success. I can charge them a bigger plan for the bandwidth they're using on my servers. Uh, but I don't want to tax them like, you know, Substack does. Uh, I honestly want to leave some money on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, have them, you know, like, let's say if I had a building with a bunch of stores that was that I was renting out, and I see somebody doing really well selling tons of flowers a day, like what, I'm going to go raise their rent and tax them for their success? You know, um, that's my view of it. I know Substack has to do it because they probably have investors, so they, they can't leave money on the table. Like, they, that'd get fired. Like, the CEO would, would get fired. Um, so I can do that. I can, I can put, leave money on the table charge users for the bandwidth that they're using and for the tool they're using. But if they're making millions using it, that's amazing for them. Uh, that's honestly, yeah. that's the way I want to keep it. Hopefully I can keep that for as long as I can. Yeah, I love um, that. And yeah. and if you have different tiers, I mean, if they're making millions using it, yeah. that means that their, their you know, visitor count is probably mm-hmm. really high, which means that you're probably making more money on the subscription end mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, if they're using more bandwidth than others, more resources, like they can be put on a higher plan, but definitely not don't want to charge a commission on on them using um, on them making money on on using block static. And also it will be more complexity, you know, uh, collecting money, paying out and taxes and whatnot. Like, I don't want to deal with that as a solo maker. So just want to make the tool, have them do whatever they want to do with it and be successful as much as they can. Um, so that's that's the goal, honestly. I'm like sounding very idealistic and I hopefully can keep it like that for as long as possible. And uh, when I say as long as possible, like I will keep it like that if I have it on my hands. But if I end up selling it at some point like that, then you can't control what you know the buyer does. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, so, and with that said, like one friend asked me like, what is your plan? Like, do you want to exit? Like the ideal situation would be uh, for Blockstatic to grow steadily and provide me and my family with uh, monthly revenue. And if that mm-hmm. happens, like I don't think I, I would sell. Like why, you know? Right. Unless it's some huge number that totally changes your, your life. Um, right. I don't know. But yeah, ideal would be 
just to cap it, have it grow like month to month. So, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm really excited to see Blogstatic grow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully has that fate, has that luck. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, it sounds I, like I, you're. Yeah. It sounds like you're on the the right trajectory for it, right? You got people coming in who you don't know. <laughs> yeah, it feels good, um, definitely for that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's very different from from previous products. So we'll see. Uh, still yeah. cautious. Still working as it's making millions. Like you know, whatever number of users are using it on a weekly basis, like I'm totally catering to them. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it keeps going like that, and then we'll see where it lands around end of the year like i want to see like how far i can go so yeah Yeah. this reminds me that i need to put up my 10 days blog post i totally dropped the ball in the last 10 days yes i was going to ask you about that yeah yeah so for listeners who don't know i'm i'm uh tracking my 10 year journey um 10 days at a time so basically Mm -hmm. 365 10 day chunks so every 10 days i write about um what happened in the last 10 days, how I can make the next 10 days better. Um, and I put it on my blog static blog, <laughs> Yes, um, my blog static hosted blog. Um, and I totally dropped the ball in the last 10 days. I, I did not write. Um, and I need to, I need to write before the next 10 days comes along. <laughs> yeah. Um, this it's happens. Okay. This happens all the time to me that like, I start really strong on something and then, and then just completely drop the ball on it. But I'm not going to drop the ball on this one. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Um, and it's, it has nothing to do with your with your removal of Markdown, if that helps. Oh, great. Yes, yeah. yes, it does, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, maybe even the people that I'm thinking they have dropped off because of that, maybe they haven't. They're just busy or, you know. But yeah. uh, it's definitely much better now. Like, you can upload images on the post as a main image. You can, you know, your blog will look the same as you write it well the same as in your actual theme so right but yeah yeah i, I was looking at um the some of the last tweets i've posted from block static account and I, one of the tweets was about your post and i was like oh it's been a while yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah but that's okay i mean uh we sometimes i think we put too much pressure on our on ourselves to like really deliver and like and then life happens like we can't and i think that's totally fine just to pick it up whenever the next chance comes up you know yeah as long as i don't completely give up as long as i'm not like oh i missed it i missed a a chunk of 10 days so i'm just gonna stop completely like that's that's what i used to do and Mm -hmm. that's what i'm not doing anymore so you know (laughs) growth well good to hear hear that i'm very happy that you're gonna continue doing that and it's, it's really nice to put out stuff like that because the social accountability, I think it, mm-hmm. it works so well with me and for, for other people, I think, as well. So you just, you know, something that you promised in a way to do, it's like more motivating to do than if you weren't to tell people that you will keep doing that. So Yeah, for me, it's mm-hmm. not even social accountability because I don't think anybody's reading those at all. Um, but I do. <laughs> you do? <laughs> what, you I read do, them? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're you're my social accountability <laughs> then, um, but it's more accountability to myself. I have them on my mm-hmm. calendar, you know, and like when I write things out, um, I do hold myself more accountable for it than when I just think it in my head. Um, so it's it's more accountability toward to myself, and yeah. hopefully, hopefully, you know, a few more people will start to read them. But um, yeah, right yeah. now, I think it's just kind of me putting just screaming into the void which is fine for now 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, if, if you start maybe marketing it more, I'm sure more people will read it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not interested in marketing it. Um, okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm more interested in letting it, I mean, it's, I'm doing this for the next 10 years, literally. So wow, <laughs> if yeah. it picks up steam, it picks up steam, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that as I continue to grow in my own journey and um, start to become known for other things, like, mm-hmm. you know, like the platform I'm going to build out for selling, for building and selling projects, things like that, like, organically, more people will kind of get to know my own blog and maybe kind of become interested in this 10-year journey thing that I'm mm-hmm. doing but I'm not going to put it in front of people's faces and be like read my 10-year journey right you know? right right, um, right right yeah uh, I for totally now understand yeah for now I'm just doing it for myself and <laughs> I'm in mm-hmm. such a marketing mode right now like with blog static <laughs> <laughs> I'm becoming like I'm afraid I'm going to become one of those like pushy salesy people and like tweet about everything that you know, could get clients. <laughs> I really yeah. have to chill out <laughs> and uh, relax a bit in that sense. But it feels good. I mean, just having that momentum to keep putting out stuff like marketing materials. And now I'm going to, you know, start with user guides. And it's kind of different. Like it takes it takes uh, quite some energy for me to push myself to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of paying off, honestly. Uh, oh, good. If I can be honest, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I joined Swipe Files. Um, oh, you did? Awesome. I did. Yeah, and I, I'm going to start diving in pretty soon because I want to learn how to uh, market my tutorial. Mm-hmm. So I the like the one thing that I know how to do is tweet, <laughs> and <laughs> and I posted it on Indie Hackers this morning, and I was oh, cool. I felt I felt so bad that like. Every time I post on Indie Hackers, it's to promote something, right? And like mm. I want I want to engage in Indie Hackers and I want to like answer questions mm-hmm, and engage mm-hmm. with others and just write like free material that um people can use without having to pay yeah. anything for. But I just I just don't find the time to do it. You yeah. know, I can never find the time to just sit there and post on Indie Hackers. So but I do go and post it when I have something to promote. And I felt really bad this morning that I was doing it again. And the first person who liked it was Channing Allen, oh, who is awesome. the CEO of Indie Hackers. And I was like, okay, yeah. maybe it's not so bad what I'm doing. <laughs> that is really cool. Maybe I actually provided a little bit of value to somebody um, because yeah. he liked it. So he didn't like kick me out of the platform. So um, I have to figure out how to market this thing so that I can continue to bring in sales for it. Mm-hmm. Well, the resource uh, part of it, I think that's amazing. That is free, um, I guess, right? Um, it'll all be paid. So oh, the resources would be paid as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, I didn't. I so I'm that. right now. I'm just talking about my core, like the tutorial right, that I yeah. built mm-hmm. um, for for no code and GPT three with Bubble. Yes. Um, I'm just talking about that for now that I just, just a, just a Gumroad product, you know, right, 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 that right, I right. want to kind of push that a little bit more beyond the three tweets that I put out. Um, the other platform where I'm putting up tutorials and resources, I, that's still a long way um, okay. to go because I need to put that together and make it more of a, like more than just a Gumroad product. Mm-hmm, um, I see. Yeah. But Pretty anyway, cool. Yeah. Hey, it's episode five today. Episode five. Yeah. Five We're weeks killing in a row. it. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Crushing 
crushing it. Crushing it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think five weeks in a row, I think it's pretty, you know, it takes some commitment to do. So yeah, I'm happy about it, actually. It's good momentum. Yeah. So what's yeah. the next milestone? I guess 10? And then... Yeah, I think 10. I think I, I haven't looked at our stats, but I think we hit like 15 listeners a, an episode, which I'm like okay. super stoked about. <laughs> um, I think it's so, awesome. So yeah, let's let's go for 10 and see yes. where that lands us. Yes, absolutely. Let me quickly see the um, stats here. Okay. I have transistor open, analytics, and uh, total actually, we're on the first episode, we have 31 listens. Okay. And on the last one, we have 19. Nice. Uh, so it's pretty good. Total 84 <laughs> downloads. So we'll hit the 100 downloads with this episode. So nice. Nice. Well, thank you everyone for listening to us. Yes, uh, thank you for listening. Week. Even if it helps one person, like yes, I, I totally absolutely. have that mindset that if like our, you know, little insights help one person out there to kind of level up their game, like I'm happy. So mm-hmm, absolutely, I think Michael do, uh, wrote us on Twitter right last week about uh, the podcast and saying how you know we might be a little bit farther ahead than what he's doing right, right. now with our journey so right he finds value in it and thanks michael for listening we really appreciate it and that's yeah. what this is all about right absolutely that's yeah. that's exactly what we that was like our thesis in the beginning mm-hmm. right like we're a little bit further along than most people who are starting out and um, at least with failures <laughs> <laughs> At least with failures. No, we, we've had a we've had no, like a kidding. few small successes, but true, 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 definitely true, true. lots of failures. And yes. you know, we've Lessons. learned a lot from those failures. Yeah. We've learned a lot, and we're proceeding um, a lot more carefully now. We're proceeding mm-hmm. with a lot more intent and purpose. So um, I think and with that, a thicker skin, maybe a bit. Oh, definitely with a thicker skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely with a thicker skin. Um, yeah. And yeah, if our our lessons from our failures can help somebody avoid a failure in the mm-hmm. future, um, that means the world. So keep writing yes. to us on Twitter. Keep encouraging us to keep going because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when when we uh, when we talk to crickets, it's it's hard to have the motivation to keep going. So. Right, right, right. Um, help us help you yeah exactly (laughs) awesome 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 all right fernanda so i guess one hour i think the most almost yeah cool all right thanks for listening we'll see you guys next week see you next week bye bye